Hello, everyone. You're listening to the DSG Connect podcast. As one of the world's leading dental laboratory networks, we value connection. And in alignment with that value, the DSG Connect podcast is here to serve you. Our goal is to elevate voices in dentistry. You know the ones, world changers, innovators, disruptors, true leaders, the people making a difference and bringing world-class solutions to our industry and communities. Our guests will educate, inspire, and share what is working, how to pivot when things go sideways, and everything in between. Wherever you find yourself listening, thank you. Thank you for listening to DSG Connect. Today, we're welcoming back on Dr. Camille Dixon and taking a deeper dive on how to make dentures fun again. Dr. Dixon, thanks for joining us back on DSG Connect. How are you today? Great. Thank you very much, Heidi, for having me back on. You're welcome. Let's pick up where we left off and talk about today's technologies and how highly customizable dentures are able to be fabricated these days. How have you seen the workflows upgraded and your patient experience enhanced from traditional versus now digital? That's a great question. So it's been it's been really fun. One thing is super fun is that when when the patient's in the chair, we we have our intraoral scanner. We also have our desktop scanner right in front of them. So it's really neat to actually scan their denture um, and digitize their, their records right there in front of them. They're, everybody's always wild with the technology. And with the digital technology, we're able to make their new denture more predictable. And like you said, highly customizable. The way we can do that is that we scan their existing denture and we have that to reference. So like if they wanted a tooth that is like one millimeter longer, we can exactly make their new denture one millimeter longer than the existing one. So, and we can make with, with the CAD software, you can take the denture teeth and easily morph them. So even like with a carded tooth, right? You can't do that. You can just like shorten it a little bit, but we can actually morph um, these denture teeth to whatever, which way we want. So it does make for a highly customizable denture for sure. The iOS technology, and you were talking about being able to add to uh, add a tooth and add link to it and different things like that. Are you more comfortable scanning the inside of impression or an existing denture or custom tray? What's the, what's the best workflow? You can do any of the above and it usually depends on the clinical situation. So that's great for dentists who don't necessarily want to invest right away into um, a lot of technology. Like let's say Let's say they don't even have a scanner in their office, whether it's a desktop scanner or an iOS scanner, they can actually use the same, their traditional workflow that they have been using and then send those physical records to a lab to digitize and then create the denture setup and prompt manufacturing in CAD CAM. So that's really neat. But if they want to dive further and they actually or they do have an iOS scanner, they can then take those records and digitize them with that. As far as using the intraoral scanner to use that instead of impressions is always a little tricky. And we're always constantly trying to improve that. And you can easily do that for the max a maxillary denture. Scanning the mandibular arch is still a challenge. I, I try it every every week and I have yet to be 100% successful. <laughs> um, but it's also great to use it for immediate dentures because immediate dentures, you have teeth there to reference and it scans really nicely. So you can definitely scan for immediate dentures, but I still take a lot of traditional impressions or conventional impressions and then, and then scan those records. Seems like on the upper, a lot of people get really great suction and then on the lower, not so much. What's the difference there? 
Yeah, so that's a great question. So it, it is true. Well, everybody will come in, a denture wearer will come in and say, my upper is not a problem. It's my lower that's difficult. <laughs> that's driving me crazy. It's loose. And they go, my lower's loose. And guess what? The lower's always going to be pretty much loose. So the upper arch um, doesn't move and you have a more surface area and you can typically always, pretty much always get suction on, on the upper. It's the lower arch that's always a challenge. Number one, it is, you know, the denture is horseshoe shaped. Um, number two, the jaw is moving up and down. And number three, we have the tongue always in the way and trying to move around and chew our food. And if that patient wants to actually have a denture, a lower denture that doesn't move, they're going to either have to use denture adhesive um, or they use their muscles. They use their cheek muscles and their tongue muscles to help stabilize it when they're eating or they get dental implants. And so it snaps right in. And that's a great service, the over-dentures for, for the denture edentials population. I would like to hear some of maybe the benefits of over-dentures and some of the successes that you've seen. Yeah, great. Yeah. Implants are coming more and more popular, as you know, and it's a great service to the edentialist, edentialist population, especially on the lower arch, just like you were alluding to that lower denture that's always moving that people are complaining about. By at least putting two implants on the bottom and four is great. We can make them an overdenture uh, with some locators that just snap right in and give it stability and also restore their function. The other great thing with the implants and an overdenture is having the implants in the bone helps preserve that bone because it's like you're getting teeth back in there. So you're constantly getting forces on the lower, on the bone and helps preserve that ridge. So those are great services for patients. And then also if they wanted to do implants on the upper, do four or five implants on the upper arch, they can now take that palate out of their upper denture um, and have it snap in and not have to have, feel that plastic on the roof of their mouth. Do you feel like when you do a procedure like that, that your patients respond as far as being able to taste their food? Yeah, they definitely find they find it way more comfortable than having the, the palate totally covered for sure. How has understanding the laboratory workflows helped you with patient consultation and case design? Yeah, thank you, Heidi. That's that's a great question. So when I, when I started my digital journey, I wanted to learn the CAD software as well. I always felt that knowing the laboratory end will help me clinically and give a better result. So knowing what the dental tech or the CAD designer has to, uh, what information they need to create a successful denture is so important clinically because it allows me to determine what, what I can and cannot do. It, I guess an indication for a, a digital, there, there are a few dentures that I cannot do digitally. If a patient has a, a very high, high smile line and they want to, we want to make them a denture where the teeth are actually like merging out of the gum tissue and there's no, there's no flange, anterior flange. That's something that I still have to do analog. But for the most part, 90% of my cases, I am able to do them digitally. The fun thing about knowing all the, the CAD software as well, as well, is that Clinically, when, when certain situations present and they're kind of like unconventional situations, like whether it's a lost denture or certain things like that, I can really kind of think how I can rig this and structure it in order for it to import correctly into the CAD software or how I can leverage that digital technology to make it to make a better outcome and make it faster. I, it's been very helpful for me to know the CAD software as well as, you know, and on the clinical end. We touched a little bit on this on the last episode of all of the things that you're able to offer the services nowadays, and we touched on the duplicate denture. Can we talk about 
benefits as well as maybe some drawbacks? Yeah, so a duplicate denture is a great service. Um, actually, you know, dentists have been providing duplicate dentures um, for a long time, but it wasn't a standard procedure and it, it can be very laborious in, in, the, in the laboratory to do that. Now with digital technology, like I was alluding to earlier, we can scan the existing denture and actually make a, a copy, um, a, a roughly an exact copy of their existing denture. Um, it's great for to have an emergency backup or if they're going on a cruise or vacation to have to have an extra denture there. It isn't set for all indications. Um, cosmetically, it's not as great as like a, a what we call like a redesign or a brand new denture. It has its drawbacks, but it can be it can be very um, useful for sure. It's a great service that dentists can easily provide to the patient. You've spent several years with the edentulist population and really caring for those patients and helping to provide solutions. Are there certain clinical trends that you see? Yeah, I especially noticed this in the nursing home. There was a lot of clinical trends that that actually um, picked up. Even though a patient, like it used to be with, with when a dentist came in, when, when a patient came into a dentist and said, I want a new set of dentures. Um, I just want to change. I just want a brighter smile. Um, it, you, you hear stories about dentists and they go ahead and they make them a new set of dentures and then the, the patient doesn't like them. And they always revert back to the old, old faithful. Just like with anything, we get used to what's comfortable and familiar with us. And when I was in the nursing home, when you would replace a denture and you would, you didn't know what, what was there before, it just took them a long time to get acclimated to that. So I noticed some clinical things that I don't alter. <laughs> you don't change the vertical dimension too much. I mean, you can increase it a millimeter here, a millimeter there, but you can't go crazy. The other thing, even if a patient comes in and they say, I want bigger teeth or they, they, they want a new smile, they want a Hollywood look. If you go ahead and alter, drastically change their existing tooth setup and position, I can guarantee you they're not going to get acclimated to it. Even when I do what we call denture redesigns, I pretty much keep things exactly where they had them previously and they like it way much better. Um, people get used to what's comfortable and familiar to them. And when you deviate too much of that, then they, they don't accept it very well. So keeping the roughly the same vertical, I mean, obviously that's severely collapsed, we'll, we'll, we'll alter it. But if it's just, I need a new fresh set of dentures, keeping the same vertical, keeping the same tooth position and size are, are key things to make it a successful outcome. The vertical, that's a really great point to touch on. I don't think a lot of people are aware of the fact that in dentures, you can lose vertical. What are you seeing on recalls and how do you set recalls up for patients with dentures? How do you set that expectation? Yeah, that's a great question because a lot of times when people get dentures, they think they're done and they never have to go back to the dentist again. And a lot of them honestly don't, they don't go back unless there's it's broken. They break a tooth or they drop it and it breaks or the bone, the bone shrinks, it becomes loose and they want to reline. That's really the only time, even though if you say, Hey, we'd like to see you back in a year, the denture population doesn't want to go back to the dentist, but with digital technology, we have a great reason to get them back in. Acrylic is soft and acrylic wears. So over time, you see patients with dentures that are you know, 10 years old, 20 years old, 30 years old, and the teeth are worn flat and they're almost worn down to where you can see the pink face underneath. So they've already lost right now, then they've lost like two, three millimeters of, of occlusion, which can actually make you look a little bit older as well. So they, they don't realize that. And, and so using digital technology, the most awesome thing is, is that you give a patient a new denture and then now 
you can explain to them about the, the wear of the teeth and every year they can order a new one. And then that way they're not going to lose that vertical dimension and they get a fresh denture that doesn't absorb odors and smell, you know, that, that, that doesn't have years and years of gunk in them. <laughs> and um, so educating them on, on that, they do need a new denture every year to help maintain that vertical. Um, and that's something that we can easily do and economically provide to the patient with digital technology. So it's so easy just to reprint the exact same one again and again and again, and then they can get a new denture every year. That is so impressive. So recall appointments, super, super important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are some of the first steps that our listeners can take in integrating digital dentures into their practice? Yeah. First step would be find a great lab. Um, that a digital lab that does have the um, CAD software and the printing or milling capabilities to produce the denture themselves. So a lab is always a great resource to, to start with because they're going to help you, let you know what records they need in order to, to digitize them. And then look online and, so, and social media. If you just Google digital dentures, um, there's a great denturist in Canada, Eric Kapuja, who has a lot of educational material out. Um, 3Shape also has some great videos as well to kind of get familiar with that. But like I said, partner, partner with a digital lab that can help you move forward in your journey. Great advice. What are some of the hurdles that you experienced when you started to implement and how did you overcome them? When I first started, um, there was not, I started a couple of years ago and I couldn't find anybody locally that, that knew anything about digital removal. Um, so I just started on the internet on my own. And I was very fortunate to come across a local lab tech that had the, the, the software and the milling machine, but he didn't have any dentists that wanted to do digital removable. And I said, I do, and I have lots of patients. <laughs> so we partnered together and, and that, was, that was great in learning that. So initially just finding the right education was a little bit of struggle for me, but as with any technology, there's always hurdles every day. Um, I'm constantly, it's practice of dentistry. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly honing my skills and my craft. And as with technology, it's a love-hate relationship. It, it can be awesome at times, and then it can be so frustrating. And I, you know, when you've scanned thousands of dentures, it's still sometimes there'll be a glitch in the computer and you'll have to reboot it and certain things will happen. But um, with anything that you're passionate about, and you want to um, be proficient and efficient at it. You just have to keep grinding. You just have to keep at it. The biggest obstacle has just been keep, keep grinding away and, and it'll come. Perseverance. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What are some of the recommended resources? And you touched on that a little bit, but for our listeners who are interested to kind of overcome that hurdle of, of education. Yeah. So on, like I said, on online is the, the biggest, the biggest resource. Now you can pretty much Google and, and, and find out resources on that way, D Dental Town also has has some some options. I went on there, but um, there's not a whole lot on digital on digital technologies. But like I alluded to earlier, um, I know with you know Three Shape and then um, Eric Kakucha too has some great educational stuff as well. So good, Dr. Dixon. Thank you so much. What final thoughts do you have? Final thoughts would be like if if any of um, anyone's interested in digital. Digital removable, now's the time because it's a hot space and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. So um, if you want to make dentures fun again, definitely learn, learn how digital technology can make that happen. Thank you. I think you've given everybody a lot 
to think about today and to really think about making dentures fun again. Thank you so much. Where can our listeners connect with you? Thank you. Sure. Absolutely. My private practice website is on dixondentistry.com. Also on Instagram, it's Dixon Dentures. My email address is drpeneldixon at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We invite you to subscribe to DSG Connect on iTunes or Spotify. Take a minute to refer a friend or colleague and help us spotlight this podcast by leaving us a review. In between episodes, stay connected with us. Have a topic in mind? Send your suggestions to podcast at dentalservices.net. Also, did you know we have webinars? Check them out at dentalservices.net slash edu. We believe we're stronger together. Until next time, enjoy your day.